Welcome to the Viking Podcast with head coach Chase Coburn. I'm your host, Mike Lund, and the Viking Podcast is presented by On Point Community Credit Union. They support Viking athletics all year long. We appreciate their support at On Point. It's Monday, January 23. The Vikings are preparing for a four-game homestand starting this week with Montana State and Montana. And I know someone who is very happy about that homestand. Let's bring him in. It's the head coach, Jace Coburn. Coach, welcome home. Uh, time to uh, take advantage of that home court. Yeah, welcome home. I mean, uh, we've been thinking about this this stretch of games for quite a long time, so we're happy to be home and um, ready to get it rolling. And uh, just to uh, define uh, where the Vikings have been, Portland State has p- played 20 games so far this season, 9-11 and 11 overall, but 20 games. Only six of those games have been at home, uh, so these upcoming home games are very welcome. The Vikings four in a row at home starting this week. Montana State Thursday night, Montana on Saturday, and then next week, Idaho and Eastern Washington. And as you look at the schedule, six of the next eight at home, seven of the last 11 in the regular season at home. So, Coach, uh, really, uh, everybody wants to win their home games. Uh, you've got a winning home record this season, four and two. You really want to build on that and uh, try to make a move in the Big Sky standings. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I, I think one of the biggest things for us is since we have played so few home games, we need to um, figure out how to win at home. Um, you know, just because we, like you said, we've only played six home games. So um, just because we're home doesn't automatically mean we're going to win. Um, so we need to understand the process of how to win at home. All right. And the Vikings, uh, three and four right now in the Big Sky Conference, currently in sixth place. And uh, in the new conference postseason tournament, Coach, I looked at it. If you're sixth place or higher, you go directly to the quarterfinals. You don't have to play that first-round game, so that's important. Uh, You also get two extra days off unless you're first or second place. You only get one extra day off, but that's the new schedule, and we won't get too deep into that right now, but I know – uh, you're kind of at the bottom level of where you want to be, and now it's about moving up. Um, well, uh, what are the things that your team is going to have to do here in the next couple of weeks? Uh, you know, you you referenced it, learning how to win at home. What, what are the couple of the things they need to uh, to work on uh, to be successful there? Yeah, I, I think first is it starts with a mentality. Like we need to take care of home, and um, you know, continue to um, play connected basketball. Um, and, t- and take one game at a time, not not look too f- too far um, ahead. And, you know, with our league and I mean, anybody can beat anybody. You have to play well to win. Um, you, there's there's not one team in our league that I feel like um, you can play bad and win. Um, so and that, that probably goes for every single team, not just our team. Um, you know, top to bottom, our league is really good. And, uh, you know, you touched on the tournament a little bit and. I mean, that tournament in Boise is going to be crazy. Like, I mean, there, there's probably going to be some upsets. People are going to beat people. And, I, I mean, it's it's going to be crazy. And it's going to come down to whoever is playing the most consistent basketball, um, good consistent good basketball um, at the end of the day. Well, and we've already seen uh, several ups, upsets in the Big Sky Conference. Of course, Sacramento State had an early uh, strong uh, performance in league play. They're they're sitting at four and three, one game ahead of the Vikings right now. Eastern Washington uh, picked fifth in the Big Sky this year. They're still undefeated at eight and zero. Oh. 
And uh, Montana State coming in this week, they're six and two in second place. Montana coming in this week, three and five. So they're a half game behind the Vikings. Uh, really important game there uh, to stay ahead of the Grizz uh, with a victory on Saturday, that game uh, coming Saturday. Coach, let's talk uh, quickly about last week's play. Um, Vikings go one and one on the road, lose at Weber State, 84 68, win at Idaho State, 72 65. We're going to talk more about the Idaho State game than the Weber State game. I think you're probably fine with that. But uh, I want to ask a coaching point now. Uh, Weber State played a very good game, uh, built a big lead at halftime, I believe up 21 at halftime. They had a run there in the last couple minutes of the first half. Uh, so your team was really playing uphill uh, against Weber State in the second half. What, what are the things you do when, you, when you're that far behind, uh, 21 points, when you're that far behind, what are the things you – you do to try to get your team back into the game. Uh, I've heard about coaches cutting the game down into short segments and say, mm -hmm. win this segment by this many points, this segment, what are, what are maybe some of the things you talk about uh, to the team in the locker room at halftime and try to accomplish in the second half? Well, uh, you know, my philosophy on that is I, something I learned way back in um, when I was playing college basketball and which was almost 20 years ago now. Um, but you just got to chip away at it. Um, you know, and we have a specific formula we like to talk about and like to use, but, uh, I mean, it's just a slow process. It's like, um, you know, it's very hard to get all 21 points back, uh, at one time. So it just needs to be a slow process, almost like a crock pot. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Uh, it just, it's just going to take some time and you just have to chip away and chip away and chip away. Um, and then hopefully you get down to the last couple minutes and it's a tight game. So, um, we kind of go with that mindset, but I mean, there's been other times where we've been down and we've got it all back very, very quickly. So, um, and that's the thing about our team is even when we get down, we're going to continue to fight and we're never going to give up. Um, and we're, we're always going to try and, um, do our best to make the, to make a great comeback. And, uh, we have enough, you know, offensive firepower and, and enough defensive ability to, uh, come back in games like that. So unfortunately it didn't happen at Weber. Um, you know, all the credit goes to Weber state. They played well, we didn't play well. And, um, that happens sometimes. So, um, but credit to our guys for bouncing back the next night. And, uh, you know, it's pretty interesting these days, basketball, no lead is safe as we know. Uh, I was at a basketball game last night. You may have, uh, yep. you, you, I don't know if you watched it. You probably didn't. You probably took the night off from basketball, but, uh, the Blazers and the Lakers last night and the Blazers were down 14 points in the first quarter by halftime. They led by 25 points. So that was a 39 point swing in the first half then. And it seemed at halftime that they were going to run away with the game. Then the Lakers come back in the second half, win the game by nine. So it was a 34-point swing in the second half. So a 39-point swing one way in the first half, 34-point swing another way in the second half. I'm not sure I've ever seen anything quite like that. I mean, I've seen big big margins, but never two gigantic swings like that. Yeah, that was that was crazy. Uh, I watched a little bit of that last night. And, uh, you know, NBA basketball, like those teams are – I mean, those players are so good and so talented that – you know, and can shoot so well that um, no lead is safe in the NBA. Yeah, they shoot the three-pointers so well these days, and, and they, they get the ball up and down the court so incredibly fast that the points come in a hurry. Um, so just an aside there, let's get back to Viking basketball. Let's talk about Idaho State. Now, you know, you walked in here as, as we got ready for this podcast, and you said, you know, pretty, pretty solid victory from start to finish, and that's what any coach wants to see. Uh, close game early. Both teams shot the ball well in the first half. Uh, Portland State uh, gathers the lead there 
uh, with about 12 minutes to go in the first half, and you guys led the rest of the way. Uh, that's got to be very satisfying. It led for more than 31 minutes uh, in the game by double digits for almost the entire second half. Um, what was it about that game, uh, moving on from Weaver State, what was it about that game that, that allowed you guys to play so well and so consistently throughout? I think one thing is, is we were a really connected team. We were really focused for 40 minutes, um, you know, and, and it started like almost immediately after we had lost a Weber. Um, there was just a different feeling uh, with the team, um, you know, practice on Friday, the film sessions, the team meetings, the, um, the shoot around. I mean, it was just a completely different feel, um, you know, and the energy and the passion and the spirit for 40 minutes, um, was, was awesome. And, you know, Idaho state's a tough place to play. I, I don't think anybody in the conference has won at Idaho state yet, but, um, so it, it was a good win for us. And I've just felt like our energy, um, as a group of 14 players and, and six coaches or, or whatever, and, and our trainer, like it, it just, it felt like we just brought the juice to the, to the gym and, um, you know, and it just, it was just a different feeling. It was a different vibe. And so the challenge for us now is to be able to recreate that, um, you know, come Thursday night. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm proud of the guys for, for bouncing back like they did, because I, like I said, Idaho state's a, a really good team. They're very well coached and it's a tough place to play. So that's a really good win for us. And it was a good win. Uh, Idaho state going into that game was four and two in the big sky now four and three. So, uh, you pulled yourself within a game, of the Bengals as they sit tied for uh, uh, fourth place right now. The Vikings, as I said, in sixth. Uh, really good bench play once again, and that's kind of been a theme throughout the season. Isaiah Johnson, we talked about him, I think, last week. Uh, Career-high 16 points against the Bengals, four rebounds, three assists, uh, doing a little bit of everything for you. Bobby Harvey came off the bench. He's played really well in recent games, shooting over 50% from three-point range. He's averaged over 11 points a game here uh, in the last three. Uh, he had 12 points in that game. And, uh, you know, we talked on the phone after the game. Even Hayden Curtis, he played only four minutes, but you had some fouls. You needed some him to step up and contribute. Uh, you got him in the game, and he uh, grabbed three rebounds. He got a basket inside. He was allowed your team to maintain that level of play, and that's really what you want from your guys coming off the bench. Our bench has been awesome. Um, I can't say enough about um, their play on the floor, who they are as people, um, You know how hard they work every single day. Um, th those guys – the whole way through those guys have been awesome. Um, and they're a really fun group to coach. And, and, uh, a lot of times, you know, I feel like when we do, when it is time to start subbing, um, I either feel like either one, they're going to push the lead or two, uh, if we're down, they're going to get us the lead back. So, um, it's, it's, it's an awesome thing as a team to be able to have such a talented bench that has high character, um, because those guys come in and, and they do such a great job for us. So um, I'm really proud of each and every one of them. And, uh, you know, and, and some nights their minutes get a little tough. Um, but, you know, every night that we go to them, they step up and they're ready. And um, I can't ask for more as a coach for, for those guys to be ready. And uh, it's, it's awesome to coach them. And we've talked about all these guys at different times. Isaiah Kirby, uh, Kishan Saunders has, has had some games. We've talked about Kendall Munson. Um, you know, in this game in particular, as I watched it, you know, Isaiah Johnson, uh, the one thing you really notice about him is he's got such great 
uh, hands around the basket. He can get a shot up. He can make a move and and uh, create inside for, for a guy who's a little bit bigger. That's a really, really nice feature for him. And I think I've noticed about Bobby Harvey in recent games, he has shot it so well. Uh, he seems to be catching it and getting it up in rhythm from the three-point line. He, he really looks comfortable shooting it right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, Isaiah's, you know, the other thing about Isaiah is he's a tremendous passer. He's able to find guys, like when he has two guys on him, he's able to find find guys and, and make the right pass. I mean, he's he's a mismatch nightmare um, for other teams. And so um, we have a lot of confidence when he's got the ball around the rim, if he's got it out top or on the wing or in the elbow, short corner. I mean, there, there's a lot of different places he can uh, make a play from. And so, um, you know, and then defensively, he's, he's awesome defensively. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's great. And Bobby Harvey's been making shots and, uh, you know, he, and he's a tremendous shooter and he, he works on shooting all the time. And, uh, you know, he's got a tremendous spirit about him and I keep saying this, but he's, he's really fun to coach. I really enjoy coaching Bobby. Um, you know, tremendous competitor. He's been doing a great job on the glass for us. Sometimes it doesn't show up in the, in the stat sheets, but it allows other people to get rebounds. So, um, yeah, and he's tough, physical, and, and you know, he, he's a lot of fun to coach. And, I you know, I go home sometimes at night and I, I say, hey, like, I, I really enjoy coaching Bobby Harvey. And so it's a tremendous compliment to him. All right, last thought on that game. And Cameron Parker led the team with 17 points and six assists. Uh, but the thing you note uh, from his performance there, and we've seen it all year, got to the free throw line 13 of 15 at the free throw line. So my question to you is, what is it that he does so well that gets him to the free throw line constantly in every game we play? He's, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about it. He's not the fastest point guard, but he uses his body so well. I think he's got some pretty square shoulders, and he's maybe even a little deceptively strong. But how do you, how, how does a guy like him get inside, get fouls? and get to the free throw line that often. You know, his ability to get to the free throw line reminds me of a guy that we had here, another left-handed guy, uh, Deshaun Wiggins, um, about eight years ago, nine years ago. Um, you know, I, I mean, he's just – getting fouled and getting to the free throw line is a skill. Like, it, it really is. I mean, you know, he for the most part, uh, you know, he handles the ball a lot for us, and, you know, a lot of that is being strong with the ball and, and being strong when you take it to the rim and, and things like that because a lot of times – um, when you're not strong with the ball, the refs aren't going to give you any type of calls. I mean, if you're falling on the ground or, you know, getting the ball stolen from you and then looking for a call, like, um, you know, a lot of times you aren't getting those calls. But, uh, you know, hats off to him for being able to take care of the ball for us, be strong with the ball. And when he goes to finish, he goes strong. And um, a lot of times you, you do get calls when you try and go strong. So, um, but it, it's definitely a skill. I mean, it, you know, not everybody out there can get fouled. And, um, you know, so he understands how to do that. Yeah, the best part of that is uh, he shoots 84% at the line, third best in the big sky. So we want him to keep going to the free throw line. Uh, all right, let's look ahead to this week's games. We'll start with Montana State. That's Thursday night, 7 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, the Bobcats defending big sky champions had a tremendous year last year. This season, they are 13-8, and 6-2, second place in the Big Sky. Uh, started a little bit slow, but they've won 10 of their last 13 games. Uh, a, a very strong defensive team. They allow the fewest points in the Big Sky. Coach, uh, we'll talk about a uh, few players in a minute, but what exactly is their defensive style has allowed them to be effective, holding opponents to 41% shooting? 
Yeah, no, I mean, they're a great defensive team. Um, you know, obviously they got uh, shot blocking at the rim, which really helps. And they're they're big and they're athletic and they can move. And, um, you know, and they always have a great defensive game plan. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, Montana State is a very good defensive team. We know that going in. Um, you know, at the same time, we, we need to have a great offensive game plan too. So, um, yeah, but, I, you know, I think it starts with their players, um, you know, that they – they bought into defense and, you know, they're, um, like I said, they're, they're athletic and they can move and, you know, and obviously coach sprinkle and their staff is going to do a great job of coaching that. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be a fun game though. All right. Uh, look at a few of the players, Jabril Bello, the big guy, six, nine, he's the, uh, uh, reigning big sky player of the year and defensive player of the year. And the thing you'll notice about him is he doesn't look like too many basketball players we see today is he's, he's a much more traditional looking post player uh he's more of an inside guy pretty much everybody is out on the perimeter at some point uh him not so much and uh but he's very effective doing it and uh what's the challenge defending him i mean he is a big strong guy and the vikings are going to have to be physical with him yeah no i mean i feel like bellow has been at montana state for like 10 years but um <laughs> but i you know but that's a compliment to him is that you know there's some guys who've been in the league for a long time and you don't even really notice them but you know, I mean, he, he's been in the league, I feel like, forever. I mean, just because he's he's been a problem in our league forever. And I, I think this is his last year. I hope it's his he's last year. He's a senior you know? coach. Good news. But, um, you know, I, he's got great hands. He can finish inside. And, um, you know, he's a tremendous basketball player. I mean, and the thing about him is he's gotten better every single year. And so, um, yeah, he provides a, a great challenge for us. But I, I know our guys will be up for the challenge. Um, like you said, he's, he was a big sky player of the year last year. And so, and we know that, um, you know, so, but I think our guys will be ready. You know, we, we've got, we've got our own good defensive game plan that we're going to go with and, and, uh, you know, our, our guys will be ready for the challenge, but yeah, he definitely, you know, he's a problem and, but we need to do a great job of fixing that problem. And behind uh, a guy by the name of Cameron Parker, Bello shoots the most free throws in the big sky. So, uh, it could be a night where you need a, a number of your big guys. Iman, of course, um, Kendall Munson, Hayden Curtis, different guys, you know, putting a body on him. A lot of guys probably need to be ready to play him. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, and I know all of our guys will be up for the challenge. I got confidence in all of our guys. So, um, we'll, we'll let it roll. And, uh, Raekwon battle, their leading score. He's notched up his game quite a bit. Darius Brown and there's a guy who's a more a traditional type point guard kind of in the Cameron Parker mold as well. So they got some really good guards as well. Yeah. I mean, top to bottom, they're a really talented team. Um, you know, obviously we know battle is capable of, of going off at any minute. And, uh, you know, Brown takes good care of the ball and uh, can make the right play. So, yeah, I mean, you know, and then the other guys too, I mean, you know, they're top to bottom. They're, they're really solid and they're really talented. They got a lot of guys who can play. So it'll be a good challenge for us defensively, um, you know, with, with the things that we're going to do, um, you know, to be able to try and take some of their best stuff away. And the Bobcats, as they come in once again, 13 and eight, and uh, they are six and four in road games, three and one in big sky road games. So uh, they're not afraid of the big game. Certainly, they won the Big Sky last year, played in the NCAA tournament, so uh, no situation seems to uh, scare them too much. All right, let's go on to uh, Montana, and that is Saturday night, again, 7 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. And uh, like the Bobcats, Montana brings in a lot of size in particular. They have a big guy, Josh Bannon, who's 6'10", who kind of does it all, leading scorer, rebounder, uh, assist man, 
got to be a real matchup problem, uh, different from Bello in that he, he plays all around the court, but got to be a matchup problem for the Vikings. Yeah, no, I mean, Bannon is definitely very versatile offensively, um, you know, and defensively also. Like, he's he's got a lot of versatility to his game. Uh, he can dribble, pass, shoot, post up, um, you know. So, yeah, I mean, obviously we – and another guy's been in feels like been in the league for a long time, um, but he he can he can do a lot of different things offensively. So um, he's very well rounded and very very talented. So um, we're well aware of him. And the bad news, uh, not not as long. I think he's only a junior coach, so you got another year of that. Man, some of these guys, I feel like they've been in the league forever. <laughs> well, he had an old teammate, a former teammate by the name of Cameron Parker. It'd probably be an interesting game for for uh, Parker going against his former team. Uh, I don't know. Does a coach, maybe not Cameron Parker specifically, but you've had probably a few other players maybe play against a former team. Do you? Well, Isaiah Johnson would be a good example against Oregon State. Yeah. Do you address that at all? Is that anything uh, that comes up at all during the week? Not really. I mean, we, we've been through this before. I mean, you know, Hayden Curtis played at Portland. That's Jacob right. Iman played at Seattle U. And then obviously, like you mentioned, Isaiah Johnson, we played at Oregon State twice. And, um, you know, so – yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, would he probably want to win the game? Yeah, but, I mean, I think he wants to win any game, you yeah. know. So, um, but, yeah, no, I mean, it's not something we're going to talk about and something we're going to, you know, harp on. I mean, he just needs to play basketball the right way, and, and I'm sure he will, and I'm sure he'll be ready for the game. And, um, you know, it's just another game that we need to win. I mean, it, you know, and I've been telling the guys the whole time is that, you know, our next game is the most important game. So, um, you know, we need to focus on Montana State Thursday. And if we're fortunate enough to get the win on Thursday, then we need to move on to Saturday and, and focus on that and, and get that win, um, you know, because that's what's best for the team. Um, now, if it if it happens like it did for Isaiah, where we ended up beating his former team twice, if it happens like that, great. Um, but, you know, I mean, th these two games coming up are just as important as any. So, um, yeah. And probably that becomes – that used to be a real big deal, but probably just becomes less and less with the transfer portal and a, a lot of players moving around uh, a lot more often uh, in this modern college basketball world. So um, anyway, uh, the Vikings, uh, again, Montana State Thursday, Montana Saturday, both games at 7, both on ESPN+. Plus. Coach, uh, last uh, topic, and I, I don't know if you have any input on this topic, but we're going to bring it up because it involves Portland State basketball. Uh, it's Hall of Fame week. Uh, we had a Hall of Fame class selected uh, last summer, and uh, through scheduling, we didn't actually get it done here until the calendar turned to January, uh, but we're going to induct a Hall of Fame class on Friday night. Uh, we are going to have uh, those folks, I think they will all be there Saturday and be recognized at the basketball game on Saturday. Uh, but one person stands out in the world of, of Viking basketball, and that is Jeremiah Dominguez. Uh, he's being inducted into the Big Sky, or pardon me, into the Portland State Hall of Fame. He was a Big Sky Conference Player of the Year at Portland State. He led the team to two NCAA tournaments. He was before your uh, time here at Portland State. But we've also seen him sitting across the court a few times this season watching a few Viking games. Uh, what do you know about Jeremiah? What can you tell us? You know, when I first got here, everybody was always talking about him 10 years ago when I got here. And I, I swear to you, I promise that these walls still talk about Jeremiah Dominguez, even though there's been quite a bit of turnover since I've been here. Um Man, that dude deserves to be in the Hall of Fame is what I know. Um, You know, Big Sky Player of the Year. 
uh, first team all conference. I mean, Big Sky tournament MVP. But probably the most important thing is, is he helped his team get to two NCAA tournaments in back to back years. And, um, you know, I couldn't be happier for somebody. And I truly mean that. I'm not just saying that because I'm the head coach and a former player is getting into the Hall of Fame. I've always thought uh, since I've been here, I'm like, this dude was like, you know, one of the best players on his team. And they went to the tournament twice in a row like this guy deserves to be in the hall of fame and so um you know and that's part of part of uh you know building a tradition at portland state is that we need to respect um the players and the coaches that came before us like that those two teams were outstanding i mean you know i mean i know we're talking about jeremiah but you know some of these other guys like dom waters andre murray and scott morrison i mean some of these guys like i've heard about mickey polis like i've heard about these guys julius thomas i mean i've heard about these guys for years and uh you know it's 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 really important to me as the head coach at portland state that um that all of those guys and you know even guys that i coached all these guys are honored um, you know, in some way or fashion. So it's, it's awesome that Jeremiah is going into the hall of fame. I couldn't be happier for him, um, you know, for the things he did for Portland state and, and, uh, you know, it gives our guys something to look forward to and, and something to look up to quite honestly. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm so happy for him and happy for the school and happy for our basketball program that he's going into the hall of fame. That's awesome. Yeah. Jeremiah, uh, I've never seen, uh, I don't believe I've ever seen a guy, uh, of his stature and, and let's be honest he was five foot six probably still is five foot six coach he's five foot six but absolutely dominated a big man's game uh when he was out there and, and that was what made him great his stats were good they were not off the chart stats uh but it was more about him controlling the game leading his team and getting the best out of all of his teammates. Obviously, he was a great three-point shooter, a great assist man, averaged about 15 points a game, really uh, did it all, and he did it as the smallest guy in the court every night. And uh, just, just an impressive player. And, you know, bottom line, he led the team to its the two best records in Portland State history, and that, that's the most yeah, important thing. That, that's what I was going to say. I know he's got all the individual accolades and all that, but the, probably the best compliment he can have is that he's a winner. You know, I mean, he went to two NCAA tournaments and all those games that, you know, he played in, they won. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he's proud of all his Big Sky Player of the Years and Big Sky Tournament MVP and all that stuff. But the dude, I mean, it speaks for itself. And I never saw it. I never saw it with my own two eyes in person. Um, but the records speak for themselves, you know, and the dude is a winner. And that's probably the best compliment you can have. All right. Well, uh, that's a big part of our week as the Vikings are at home. Jeremiah Dominguez going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, come out to the games Thursday and Saturday. If you come Saturday, you're probably going to see him. He's going to be right there. Uh, Jeremiah uh, will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. And you mentioned Dom Waters. He sits in the front row as well. A teammate of Jeremiah, a great one. Come out and, and see those guys. And there'll probably be a few other former Vikings uh, that will be there uh, in uh, recognition of Jeremiah. So uh, that'll do it for this week. We thank you for listening to the Viking Podcast uh, presented by On Point Community Credit Union, uh, and we appreciate their support once again. Vikings at home Thursday and Saturday, 7 p.m., or you can watch it on ESPN+. Uh, until next week, we say thank you for listening, and go Vikes.